Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 2, Peter's Coal Mine, Part 1 What fun, said Mother in the dark, feeling for the matches on the table. How frightened the poor mice were. I don't believe they were rats at all. She struck a match and relighted the candle, and everyone looked at each other by its winky-blinky light. Well, she said, you've often wanted something to happen, and now it has. This is quite an adventure, isn't it? I told Mrs. Viney to get us some bread and butter and meat and things and to have supper ready. I suppose she's laid it in the dining room, so let's go and see. The dining room opened out of the kitchen. It looked much darker than the kitchen when they went in with the one candle, because the kitchen was whitewashed, but the dining room was dark wood from floor to ceiling, and across the ceiling there were heavy black beams. There was a muddled maze of dusty furniture, the breakfast room furniture from the old home where they had lived all their lives. It seemed a very long time ago, and a very long way off. There was the table, certainly, and there were the chairs. But there was no supper. Let's look in the other rooms, said Mother, and they looked. And in each room was the same kind of blundering half-arrangement of furniture and fire irons and crockery, and all sorts of odd things on the floor. But there was nothing to eat. Even in the pantry there were only a rusty cake tin and a broken plate with whitening mixed in it. What a horrid old woman, said Mother. She's just walked off with the money and not got us anything to eat at all. Then shan't we have any supper at all? asked Phyllis, dismayed, stepping back onto a soap dish that cracked responsively. Oh, yes, said Mother, only it'll mean unpacking one of those big cases that we put in the cellar. Phil, do mind where you're walking to, there's a dear. Peter, hold the light. The cellar door opened out of the kitchen. There were five wooden steps leading down. It wasn't a proper cellar at all, the children thought, because its ceiling went up as high as the kitchen's. A bacon rack hung under its ceiling. There was wood in it and coal, also the big cases. Peter held the candle all on one side while Mother tried to open the great packing case. It was very securely nailed down. Where's the hammer? asked Peter. That's just it, said Mother. I'm afraid it's inside the box. But there's a coal shovel, and there's the kitchen poker. And with these, she tried to get the case open. Let me do it, said Peter, thinking he could do it better himself. Everyone thinks this when he sees another person stirring a fire or opening a box or untying a knot in a bit of string. You'll hurt your hands, Mummy, said Roberta. Let me. I wish father was here, said Phyllis. He'd get it open in two shakes. What are you kicking me for, Bobby? I wasn't, said Roberta. Just then, the first of the long nails in the packing case began to come out with a scrunch. Then a laugh was raised, and then another, till all four stood up with the long nails in them, shining fiercely like iron teeth in the candlelight. Hooray, said Mother. Here are some candles, the very first thing. You girls go and light them. You'll find some saucers and things. Just drop a little candle grease in the saucer and stick the candle upright in it. How many shall we light? As many as ever you like, said Mother gaily. The great thing is to be cheerful. Nobody can be cheerful in the dark except owls and dormice. So the girls lighted candles. The head of the first match flew off and stuck to Phyllis's finger. But as Roberta said, it was only a little burn, and she might have had to be a Roman martyr and be burned whole if she happened to live in the days when those things were fashionable. Then, when the dining room was lighted by fourteen candles, Roberta fetched coal and wood and lighted a fire. It's very cold for May, she said, feeling what a grown-up thing it was to say. The firelight and the candlelight made the dining room look very different, 
for now you could see that the dark walls were of wood carved here and there into little wreaths and loops. The girls hastily tidied the room, which meant putting the chairs against the wall and piling all the odds and ends into a corner and partly hiding them with the big leather armchair that father used to sit in after dinner. Bravos, cried mother, coming in with a tray full of things. This is something like. I'll just get a tablecloth and then... The tablecloth was in a box with a proper lock that was opened with a key and not with a shovel. And when the cloth was spread on the table, a real feast was laid out on it. Everyone was very, very tired, but everyone cheered up at the sight of the funny and delightful supper. There were biscuits, the Marie and the plain kind, sardines, preserved ginger, cooking raisins, and candied peel and marmalade. What a good thing Aunt Emma packed up all the odds and ends out of the store cupboard, said Mother. Now, Phil, don't put the marmalade spoon in among the sardines. No, I won't, Mother, said Phyllis, and put it down among the Marie biscuits. Let's drink Aunt Emma's health, said Roberta suddenly. What should we have done if she hadn't packed up these things? Here's to Aunt Emma. And the toast was drunk in ginger wine and water, out of willow-patterned teacups, because the glasses couldn't be found. They all felt that they had been a little hard on Aunt Emma. She wasn't a nice, cuddly person like Mother, but after all, it was she who had thought of packing up the odds and ends of things to eat. It was Aunt Emma, too, who had aired all the sheets ready, and the men who had moved the furniture had put the bedsteads together, so the beds were soon made. Good night, chickies, said Mother. I'm sure there aren't any rats, but I'll leave my door open, and then if a mouse comes, you need only scream, and I'll come and tell it exactly what I think of it. Then she went to her own room. Roberta woke to hear the little traveling clock chime, too, it sounded like a church clock ever so far away, she always thought. And she heard, too, Mother still moving about in her room. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.